You may be seated, please. Thank you. What a joy to be with you this weekend. My name is Larry Kreider. I'm from Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Eight, 18 years of age, I've been a religious person a little bit, kind of living half-life for Jesus and trying to do the rest, and I really was living a selfish life for the devil. And met a gal in high school, her name was Laverne, and she was beautiful, and she knew Jesus. And through her witness to me, my life was totally transformed. She's now my wife of almost 47 years. Yeah. And uh, God's blessed us with four children, amazing kids, and six grandchildren. And, and I'm just going to tell you a bit of our story here this, here this morning. I've got a message on my heart that your pastors asked me to share with you. And uh, it has to do with how every one of us are called to be a spiritual father and a spiritual mother. I'm going to download that here in just a moment here for you. Before I do that, I'll tell you our story quickly and that is, we as, when I came to Jesus, I became radical. Just wanted to study the Bible, read the Bible, trying to reach people for Christ. Wanted to see the book of Acts happen again. And so as we studied, studied the scripture, we realized we need to see kids, people come to Christ. So we were kids ourselves. And so we went to this local community where in, I remember in high school, this community had the kids who knew who were the, like the most heathen in the whole community. That was the place. And so we're just reaching out to these kids, playing basketball and all kind of stuff, build a relationship. And one by one, dozens of these young people came to Christ. And then we had the privilege of trying to fit them into churches. And make a long story short, we did that for about seven years, and they didn't fit into churches. So we, God led us to start a church called Dove International. Now it's, it was Dove Christian Fellowship in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Twenty-five brave people were willing to join us to do that in 1980. And 10 years later, fast forward, and totally by the grace of God, uh, this little church in rural Pennsylvania, it's not San Diego. We're talking about, you know, chickens and pigs and cows and a few people. That's where we live, in Amish. Have you heard of the Amish? And so 10 years later, by the grace of God, our church grew to more than 2,300 people. And it was just the Lord, just his grace. And then the Lord led us to decentralize this church. We trained eight pastors, 21 elders, all these, these life group leaders, and one church became eight churches. We started planting churches overseas, and today, by the grace of God, our little family keeps growing in the nations in five continents and about 700-plus churches in 23 nations. And that's just the grace of God. It's all God, believe me. I know me. I mean, I grew up a chicken farmer, so I know. If God can use me, he can use anybody. So get ready. God wants to use you. And I find many people struggle with, what's God called me to do? I've got, what, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, whatever. What's God called me to do in this life? And you might say, well, I'm called to be an engineer. I'm called to run a restaurant, or I'm called to be a missionary. Those things are all great. But the bottom line is this. We're called to love Jesus with a passion. And then we're called to love our neighbor as ourselves. And I'm going to practically show you how we do that today. Because the Scripture, you're going to see in the Scripture, Old and New Testament, we're called to be spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. And I'm going to show you that from Scripture this morning. I've been privileged. God's helped me to write 40-some books over the last 25 years. And I've got a few out there in the tent. I'm going to give a couple away here real quick. My prayer life was transformed after being in Uzbekistan about 15 years ago. I wrote this book called Building Your Personal House of Prayer, How to Revitalize Your Personal Prayer Life. Takes the basically takes the uh, Lord's Prayer, and there's 12 aspects of prayer in the Lord's Prayer, 12 ways to pray. If you want this, I'll give it to you. Anybody want it here? There you go. That's for you back there. there you go. This is fun. There we go. Hey, she did it. All right. 
All right, uh, supernatural living. This is on the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand the gifts of the Spirit at all when I grew up, the church I grew up in. We didn't teach this at all. And, but then one day we had a young man from the streets who had demons. I didn't realize there's demons in America. I thought they are in Africa in the Bible. And then we found people understood these gifts of the Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit and all that stuff. So a, a, a prophet named Dennis DeGrasse and I co-wrote this book, takes the nine supernatural gifts of the Spirit. If you want it, it's yours. There you go. That's for you in the second row. There you go. And uh, this little book you just republished recently. And uh, it's, leadership is not always easy, whether it's in your home, whether it's in the church, whether it's in business, whether it's in your community. But, man, God will take us through whatever tests we have to go through to learn how to be the leader he's called us to be. And guess what? If you do mess up a test, guess what? You can take it again and again until you finally get it. These are 21. I see that hand back there. Come on up here, brother. Come on, 21 tests of leadership. That is for you, my friend. There you go. I, there's about 10 titles out there, I think. So, you know, while supplies last. And uh, buy every book is $10. Buy two, get one free. That's the all people's deal today. The there you go. All right, turn with me in your Bibles, Malachi chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. See the last two verses of the Old Testament. See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I'll come and strike the land with a curse. We live in a generation that's been cursed. It's been cursed because every nation I go to, including our nation, there is a lack of fathers and lack of mothers, both naturally and spiritually. And God says, I'm going to change that. He says, before I come back, I'm going to supernaturally turn hearts of fathers to children and children to fathers. Now, we know this is true naturally in, in natural homes. I was on a plane to the, here in the West Coast some years ago, opened up an airline magazine and said some, a businessman in Portland, Oregon, was so concerned about the lack of fathers in his city, he gave $2 million to pay people to become fathers to kids in the city. So there's such a need, naturally speaking, for natural fathers. But I want you to see in Scripture this morning the desperate need is for us to become spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers. And please don't tune me out because if you've been a Christian just one month, this is for you. You can take somebody at least as far ahead as you've come. We're called Jesus. You can call it making disciples. You can call it coaching people, helping people, assisting people. Call it what you want. But you're going to see in just a moment in the Scripture, Paul, others in the Scripture, call it becoming a spiritual father or becoming a spiritual mother. So he, the Lord promises he's, this is going to happen in the last days. He says before the Lord comes back, he will turn the hearts of fathers to children and children to fathers. And every time I say fathers, it's mothers. If my wife was here with me today, she's amazing. She'd say, remember, God's raising up spiritual moms today. We need spiritual moms desperately. So it's for spiritual moms and it's for spiritual, it's for spiritual dads. So we live in this father's, mother's generation because there's a desperate need today for spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. I remember talking to this one guy, just came to Christ, going to an amazing church. He said, Larry, what I need is someone to sit down with me, help me understand those Christian words you guys use, those Christian words the pastor talks about. Just need a spiritual father, someone just to walk him through that, that whole process. Now, it's interesting to me. I was talking to a, a, a pastor on staff of a megachurch in America a few years ago. I spoke at the church. Senior pastor is my personal friend. Great church. And after I mentioned spiritual fathers, he sat right in the front row, right where Jeff is, and came up to me and he said, Larry, you don't know me, 
but I'm a, I'm a pastor in this church. I'm leaving the church. And I said, why? He said, if just one leader would take one hour, just one hour in a month, and take me to Starbucks or somewhere and talk to me and be a father to me, I'd stay. Because there's a need for fathers. It's everywhere. Now, it's interesting to me that he mentions, that Malachi mentions, I'll send you the prophet Elijah. What does the prophet Elijah have to do with that? I love Elijah. Man, Elijah was amazing. You know, called far out of heaven. He outran the chariot. This guy had supernatural power in his life. I love it, man. And But the greatest thing that happened in his life was not all those things. It was the end of his life. He found himself in a cave, in 1 Kings 19, in a cave, and he was depressed. And he said, God, I'm the only one left. He was just griping to himself. And the Lord spoke to him and said a few things, but the thing I want to point out today because of the time we have is that the Lord said to him, Elijah, get out of this cave. Go find your Elisha. Go find this younger leader. Find this younger person and train him to take your place. And in this depression, I want to tell you, whatever you're going through, you, you can find healing and blessing and grace often by just obeying God and becoming a spiritual mom or dad. Because we got to focus on what the Lord's saying to help somebody else rather than our own stuff. He walks out of the cave, finds Elisha. He's plowing in the field. Elisha he takes his mantle, throws it on him. Elisha burns his bridges, so to speak, follows him. Second Kings chapter 2, they're walking along. And one day, Elijah, the older guy, said to Elisha, the younger guy, what do you want from me? Here's what he said. I want a double portion of your spirit. I want a double portion. Now, and Elijah said, well, that's a hard thing, but... If you stand with me, you stay with me, you'll get the double portion. One day they're walking along, and Elisha, the older prophet's gone. The chariot of fire comes, and you know, and the whirlwind, and he's gone. And it's interesting when you look at 2 Kings, he, he looks up into heaven. First of all, he reaches down, picks up his mantle that he dropped, he looks up to heaven, and he doesn't say, Oh, my prophet, my prophet. He was a major prophet. He doesn't say, Oh, my pastor, my pastor. He said, My father, my father. Because Elijah had become a father to Elisha. Count the miracles. He had twice as many. He had a double portion. I want you to know you can change nations by just taking time with one person. Becoming a spiritual mom or dad. And this isn't some weird thing. It's so simple. It's just praying for somebody. Don't walk up to somebody and say, I want to be your father. It's not like that's weird. (laughs) You're saying, hey. How about a cup of Starbucks coffee? I mean, I believe in you. I believe in what God's doing in your life. And if I can help you, I'm here. And see what God does. They'll call you a mother. They'll call you a father. But this is, this is not only the Old Testament. I'm going to show you now in the New Testament. This is the call of God that's on our lives. 1 Corinthians 4, 15, 16, 17, New Testament. It's interesting. When you open up Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, this is not written to the leaders. It's written to the people, the church in Corinth. Now, listen to it. So don't write me off and say, well, this is for some leaders or a life group leader. It's for everybody. Here's what it says. Even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. So he says there are many guardians, teachers, whatever translation. You do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. So Paul says, you don't have many fathers. I became your papa. Then he said, therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Do what I do. Become a father. It's very simple. Then he says, for this reason, what reason? That I was a father, and you should become fathers and mothers. For that reason, 
he said, I'm sending to you Timothy, my son. Now, Paul wasn't married. He didn't have a natural son. It was a spiritual son. And then he said, whom I love. I mean, God wants to connect you with people who will change the world. And it's people, you're going to love them. And he's going to love on them. And then he said, who reminds you, my son, whom I love, who's faithful in the Lord, he, Timothy, my son, will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus. He didn't say remind you of a sermon. My way of life in Christ, how I've learned to pray, how I've learned to, if you're married, love your spouse, how I've learned to love my kids, how I've learned to balance my checkbook, how I've learned to live this Christian life that's so practical. He'll remind you of my way of life in Christ. Then he says, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. This is for everybody, not just the Corinthians. It's for all of us. So God has called us to be spiritual moms, spiritual dads. My friend Lester told me, he said, I was a new Christian, and I knew almost nothing about Christianity. But there's a man who's about 70-some years of age, and he became just like a father to me. And one day someone was sick in the church, and he said, Lester, come on, let's get in the car and go pray for this guy. And he said, we got to the house. The guy was so sick. He said he had some oil. I never heard of, I know I had oil, because we got to anoint him with oil. He said, I never heard of that. It's in the Bible. He said, so he took the oil, and, and uh, he said, Lester, are you anointing him with oil? He said, I didn't know what I was doing. He said, so he said, you know him with oil? And then he said, I will pray. And so Lester, Lester says, so I took the lid off and dumped the whole bottle on the guy. He said, I didn't know. I just didn't know. He said, oil running down all over the place. They get towels, clean the guy up, almost drowned the guy. <laughs> he says, so we prayed. And he said, on the way home, I'll never forget. My spiritual papa said, Lester, next time go light on the oil. Okay. <laughs> but you, we learn by doing. We learn by somebody just helping us, you know, walk, walk through these things. So this is for Everyone, let me show you another scripture, New Testament, 1 John chapter 2, and I'll just read just a few portions of this scripture. Verse 12, there are three kinds of people in this church. There are spiritual children, spiritual young men and women, and spiritual fathers and mothers. Now, the Bible says, verse 12, I write you, dear children. You see that? Because you've been forgiven. Your sins are forgiven on account of his name. We still love Jesus. By the way, I love being with new Christians. They pray any ridiculous, untheological prayer, and God answers. It's great. It's awesome. But then, you know, after about you know, two months, three months, it starts to change a bit. You know, it's way, when you know, babies come home from the hospital, oh, it's wonderful. They do the thing in their diaper. It's great. You know, but when they're 14, we want that to change, right? Okay. So, dear children, then he says, verse 13, I write you fathers. You've known them from the beginning. I write you young men. There you have it, children, fathers, young men. Then he says, I write you children. You've known the father, verse 14. I write you fathers. I write you young men. You're strong. The word of God lives in you. You've overcome the evil one. So basically, it's real simple. A spiritual child is someone who's basically like natural children, selfish. They want their own way. And I can always tell when there's spiritual children in a church. It's just funny. Sometimes they'll come to me in some places I go and say, Larry, can I talk to you? You're a visiting pastor. Um, I, I'm having a problem. And I say, what, what's the problem? They say, I'm not being fed. Now, whenever I hear that, I'm thinking, oh, here's a baby. If you expect a 35-minute to feed you every week, no. We get fed by the Word of God. See, because the, 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 the Bible says here that young men spiritually, young women spiritually, the Word of God abides in them. They've overcome the evil one. So if I'm really confused, oh, somebody please pray for me. I'm so confused. It's okay to do that when you're a baby. You know, and again, again, it's not chronological age. It's spiritual age. So it's okay. But if you start growing up, you say, oh, no, the Word of God says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. I receive peace in Jesus' name, and I'm going to walk in the peace of God. Why, well, you're a young man. But what about becoming a spiritual father or a spiritual mother? 
How does that work? You can memorize the book of Leviticus. It won't make you a spiritual father. And that's a big job, by the way. No, a spiritual father or a spiritual mother is someone who has spiritual children. So Paul did it two ways. He, he found Onesimus, the book of Philemon, and, and led him to Christ in prison, called him his son. That's natural spiritual birth. And he also found Timothy in Acts 16, and he had been a Christian. His father was not a believer. His mother and grandmother were. And he took him with him, and he adopted him as a spiritual son. So we're called to be spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. God's called us to do that. And to, to grow from becoming spiritual young men and women, we need the Word of God. The Word of God needs to abide in us. But we need to understand that God's heart is we take the next step and we say, Lord, who's a person that I can begin to help grow and become a spiritual father or spiritual mother to them? I meet so many people and they say, I can't do that. It's just too hard for me. You know, I just don't know enough. I was in Medford, Oregon, and a little girl came up to me after I mentioned spiritual fathers and mothers and said, you know, thanks for coming out here from Pennsylvania. She said, I've got these girls in school, and I'm just kind of helping them grow, and, and they have questions about Jesus and about the Bible, and I asked my mom and I asked people in the church, and, and really, she was a spiritual mom. It was amazing. I said, honey, how old are you? She said, 12. 12. I was in, I remember being in another Midwestern city and, and speaking on this, and a man came to me probably in his 85 maybe, and he said, Larry, I've done this my whole life. I was in Campus Crusade for Christ. That's what we did. We didn't call it this, but that's what we did. We helped people grow. And he said, but I never had a spiritual father. He said, so I moved to Florida, get out of Campus Crusade, because of my age and all, and I moved to Florida. He said, and I went to this new little church, and this one guy came up to me the first service, in his mid, probably late 20s, and he said, hey, welcome. He said, I want to get to know you. We went to, he said, Starbucks, McDonald's somewhere, had a little breakfast. And he said, he asked me questions about my life. And he said, I want to pray for you. And I, I used to love hanging out with you. He said, we've been doing this now for three or four months. He said, Larry, I have a spiritual father. He's 29. I just want you to know there's so many ways this whole thing can work. We don't want to get caught in a box somewhere. If you think, well, I don't have, I, I can't do that. I want you to know you can. We had our first baby. I was 23, 24. I remember when Laverne, my wife, was, you know, the water broke, and she's today's the day, and I was panicking inside. So I don't know that I can do this. And I felt like saying, could you give me two more months, put her on hold? And we know that's not an option. But see, God gives us grace for this as we trust him to do this. I mentioned I, I'm blessed to lead this international team of leaders today from around the world, but you know how it all started? Years ago, almost 40 years ago, becoming spiritual fathers and mothers to people who need Jesus. And you guys have a great vision here in this church, and it's going to be accomplished as you become a spiritual mom and spiritual dads. And, and that's the call of God that's in your life, to be a spiritual mom or a spiritual dad. Now, I want you to know this for everybody. And Abraham set the example. God called Abraham to be the father of many nations. That's an Old Testament story with a New Testament reality. And let me explain that to you. Genesis 15 God took him outside and said, look at the heavens, count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he had no children then. Remember that. And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. So he believed God. If you just say today, I'm believing God can use me. And even one person's life starts somewhere. And I can be like Abraham. You know, he was Abram, and then he was called the father of many nations, Abraham, before he really had that reality, but he saw it in faith first, and that's what we're called to do. And then Genesis 17, 5, no longer 
Will you be called Abram, meaning honored father? But your name will be Abraham. I've made you a father of many nations. Here's a definition for a spiritual father or mother. It's so simple. A spiritual father or a spiritual mother helps a spiritual son or a spiritual daughter fulfill their God-given potential. That's it. It's just helping somebody say, I want to help you fulfill the call of God in your life. And I mentioned Elijah, Elisha. I mentioned the double portion. I mean, I've been blessed to experience that. I have, a, I have a, someone in Africa who's just a bit younger than me, calls me his dad in the Lord, and I never asked him to do that. But I, I've known him now for 38 years, and, you know, he, he knows, first name basis, the president of, Afri of his nation in Africa. My president in America never heard of me. He's got a double portion. And his spiritual son would be like a grandson to me. His spiritual son, his name is Hezbon, and this is in the nation of Kenya, just 12 years ago, felt a call from God to go back to his village because American doctors told him that his village will be extinct in 10 years unless something happens majorly in his village because of, of AIDS and because of cholera and all the issues that were going on, the mosquito infection in the village. And it's a village of 10,000. And so he moved from Nairobi, went back, led a few people to Christ, became a spiritual dad to the area. And today, Today, by the grace of God, they planted over, over 10 churches. They have more than 2,000 people come to Christ. The whole area has changed. It's not like a banana plantation. It's all changed. There's been no cholera the last five or six years. It's just amazing. And this, he's seeing so much more than I've ever seen in the next generation. Could you give your life to one? I remember I spoke there uh, at his church a couple years ago, and the mayor who was in, in the congregation came up to me. He said, you don't know me, but I'm the mayor. The police report to me, and he said, I want you to know that since Jesus came here through Hezbon, he said to our village, everything's changed. He said, in fact, our police have nothing to do, <laughs> you know, because the whole deal's changed. See, that's, you can touch and change nations one person at a time by saying, yes, Lord, I'll be a spiritual mom or I'll be a spiritual dad. Now, here's the reward of spiritual fathering and mothering. As apostles in Christ, 1 Thessalonians 2, we could have been a burden to you. We were gentle like a mother. And hear his heart. We're like a mother to you, Paul said. And then you get down to verse 8. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel but our lives. See the heart? And then you, if you go down to verse 11, for you know we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his children, encouraging, comforting. So yet he's this heart, this mother's heart, this father's heart, this nurturing heart, this heart to give encouragement and guidance. And so he says, you guys are my, like my children. Now look at the end of that chapter. Look at verse, uh, verse 19. What is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we'll glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? In other words, when the Lord comes back, what are we looking forward to? I don't want to stand before the Lord alone. Do you? No. Here's what he said. Is it not you? What's the Olympic gold medal? You and who's you? He just said to them, I'm like a father to you. I'm like a mother to you. You're like my spiritual kids. When you stand before the Lord, you want to stand there alone. You want to stand with your spiritual sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters and great-grandsons and granddaughters. This is for everybody. This isn't that some message for church leaders. This is for all of us. I shared last night that, that uh, you know, I had a little Bible study when I was a chicken farmer years ago, and I was in my mid-20s, and, and I had a Bible study with some kids, and I used to mentor these kids just offline, and they come to my house, and we'd pray about girlfriends and whatever. And I remember the one guy's name was Bill, and Bill then went to YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And so Bill then later went to the Caribbean. He's now the, he's now the leader of the entire Caribbean in YWAM. And some years ago, one of my first books came out, and somebody in his, his nation where he lived in Barbados 
called me and said, I read your book. What you experienced years ago, we're experiencing. Would you come to Barbados and teach us about this? And so I said, sure. So I'm in on the nation. I remember Bill lives there. I hadn't seen him for years. And Bill calls me and says, man, could you come to my house? And I want you to see my family. And on the way to the airport, out of there, I stopped to see Bill. And Bill said, it's amazing what God's doing here. He said, it was, it was just it was just the most horrible thing years ago, he said. But he said, through the atrocity of slavery in West Africa, in the places like the Gambia, he said, all these slaves came here. But now their great, great, great grandkids have come to know Jesus. And now they're being trained in our school. We're sending them back to minister to their families in West Africa. And I was just overcome. Like, this is amazing. God, only you could do this. Then he said something to me I'll never forget. He said, Larry, I want you to know what's happening in West Africa is a part of your inheritance. I said, what do you mean? We need my inheritance. He said, when I was a teenager, for a season of time, you were like a father to me. And I'm sitting in the airplane coming back, overcome with joy, revelation, that I've got spiritual kids in West Africa. And here's what you have to know. When I did that, I had never written one book. I was not a pastor. I was a chicken farmer in Pennsylvania. This is the call of God on your life. It's the call of God on everyone's life. We're called to become spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. Now, why is there a lack of these spiritual moms and dads today? I'll give you a couple of quick reasons. Tradition. In our traditions, we say, well, to be a Christian, you're involved with the church. We should be. And, you know, we just kind of do, we worship and do church activities. We should. But we often forget the importance of being a spiritual father, spiritual mother. This could be somebody in your in your family, somebody in the church, somebody in your neighborhood. It could be somebody at work. And it might be short-term, it might be long-term. There's a lot of freedom in this. But just being a spiritual mom or spiritual dad. And your tradition is a heavy thing. This hasn't been taught for years. John Wesley taught it. John Wesley, when he founded the Methodist Church, where he taught, he said one of every six people could be a leader. He understood it. They had class meetings all over the place. He understood that. It doesn't even mean you have to be a life group leader. I mean, life group leaders should be spiritual fathers and mothers, but it means we take a step of faith and help somebody. Help somebody. Tradition is a heavy thing. You know, just our religious tradition is, you know, just guides us off in ways that it really should not. I remember this one guy, this one guy got married, and his wife said to him, you know, whenever... I make ham. She said, I always cut the ends off. And he said, why do you do that? She said, it tastes better. He said, that sounds crazy. He said, how do you know? He said, because my mom did it. And he asked mom. She said, oh, yeah, it definitely tastes better. And she said, why do you do that? She said, well, my mom taught me. So one day he sold grandma. And he said, grandma, why do you do that? She said, oh, we did that because our ovens were so small, we had to cut the ends of the ham off. <laughs> but see, our tradition, we just don't do the real stuff or you do stupid things. There was a reason for it back in the day, but there's not a reason for it today. Insecurity is another reason. Like, man, how could, how in the world, you know, could God ever use me? That's what Moses said. I can't speak, but God called him anyway. And that's what Jeremiah said. I'm too young, and God called him anyway. And that's what Gideon said. You know, God said, you mighty man of valor. And he's looking around, where's he at? And it was him. You know, you got to know, a little insecurity is good because you trust in Jesus. He meets us in the midst of the insecurity. And then hurts from the past and a lack of modeling. You know, we haven't seen it often. And praise God, in this church, I'm seeing it. I mean, I praise God for you guys. I love, I love what God's doing with you. And the, the heart for this is here. And it's happening already, but God wants all of us to be involved as spiritual fathers and mothers. But I meet people who said, I tried to help somebody and they turned on me and it was a bad experience. Well, Jesus had the same experience. They all left him except John. 
come on, let's get real. You know, Paul, end of his life, says they all left me. He's telling Timothy, you know, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 16 and 17. And, you know, that's just, that's just reality. But see, God, do you, do you know why people mess it up? Some people tell me, someone said they want to be a spiritual father. They're controlling me. There's a lot of that in the body of Christ. We're not talking about that. We're talking about releasing people and blessing people and being there and helping people. That's what we're talking about. And, you know, if you don't read the manual properly, you'll do it wrong. And that's happened many times. I mentioned last evening my youngest daughter, Letitia, was five. One morning she said to me on a Saturday, would you make pancakes for me? And I said, sure. I, I will try, but I prefer you eat cereal. And she said, uh, no, Daddy, I like you to make pancakes. I'm not a cook. I, I'm a griller, but I'm not a cooker, all right? And so, so anyway, I tried. I read the instructions wrong. It was horrible. And then finally she saw my problem, and, I, and she said, uh, she said, Daddy, would you just, just try this again, if you would? And I said, honey, eat, please, let's eat cereal. She said, no, just try again. This time, the pan caught fire, honestly. We had to repaint our kitchen ceiling. It was a hard day in Pennsylvania. And so finally, after all this hassle, I finally said, honey, it's just too hard. Is it okay if we just eat cereal? She said, Daddy, will you try one more time? I said, okay, for you. And I just kind of threw stuff together, made something that looked like a pancake. And I put it on her plate, I'll never forget, and put a lot of syrup on it just in case, you know. I'll never forget. She takes it, you know, blue eyes, blonde hair, little guy, girl, five years old, takes a little fork and takes a little piece of pancake, puts it in her mouth. And she says, Daddy, may I have cereal, please? <laughs> now, I'll tell you why I told that story. Because she watched her father mess up the instructions three times. And many people, you might say, I've had a bad experience. That doesn't mean it's not God. It's just they messed up the instructions. All right, let's bring this airplane down. Here we go. When we take a step of obedience, and by the way, you might say, well, I've had some problems in my family. I feel like I messed up as a natural father. Some of the best spiritual moms and dads I've ever met have had some issues in their own families. They've learned how not to do it. So do, you not, do not dare let the enemy talk you out of something that God's called you to do. All right. So when we take a step of obedience, become spiritual moms and dads to others, the Lord will often provide spiritual parents for us. We reap what we sow. You might say, when I get a spiritual dad or mom, I might try. No, no, right now, begin now. In fact, I didn't have a spiritual father for many years. I became one, and God gave me some. So we cast our bread upon the waters, and it shall return in many days. Jesus had 72. He had 12. He had three. He had one. There's levels of this, and the call, but the call of God in each of our lives is to love Jesus with a passion and then become a spiritual father and mother to others. Two more things in closing. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 1 and 2, Paul says, My son Timothy, the things I've taught you that you've learned from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit these to others. He'll commit to others also. He's thinking four generations. Now get this, just listen closely. Let's say you would do that. We'll say Jeff here says, I'm going to do that. Okay, if Jeff does that, first generation, he finds one person in the next year, helps him grow in God. After one year, he finds a second one. And they find someone, and he finds one more. Third year, each of them find one more. He finds one more. By the 10th generation, he'll have reached over 1,000 people. And by 20 years, just one a year, one, by 20 years, a million people. And by 30 years, a billion people. That's why the devil hates this. So God's called you to be a spiritual father 
and a spiritual mother because someday we'll all stand before the Lord. We don't want to stand alone. We want to stand with our spiritual sons and daughters as far as the eye can see. Amen. Take your hand, put it on your heart. Let's pray. Father, work in our hearts, Lord, the grace to be spiritual moms and spiritual dads in the day we live in. And I thank you, Lord, for all people's church, and I thank you for the heart that's here in this place. And, Lord, I ask that you'd raise up thousands and thousands of spiritual moms and dads who would have multiplied thousands, Lord God, of, of sons and daughters who would change nations for the glory of God. And we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Now keep your, just keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. You know, in order to be a father, you need to, first of all, be a son. And, uh, you know, I've often said you can swim in the ocean. It doesn't make you a fish. And you can live in a barn, doesn't make you a cow. And you can come to church meetings like that and not be a real Christian. Because a real Christian is someone who's given their lives totally to Jesus Christ. I did that at 18. And if you're saying, I'm not sure. I think I'm a believer, but I'm not sure. Maybe you don't know it all. I want to give you opportunity right now. I'm going to make it very simple. I'm just going to pray for you. If you say, that's me. I need to give my life totally to Jesus. Jesus went to the cross for your sins 2,000 years ago. And as we receive him, he says, he gives us the power to become the sons and daughters of God. So if you say, I need Jesus in my life, just raise your hand until I see it. It's out of turn. Just raise your hand. You say, that's me. I need to know that I know Jesus. Anybody, raise your hand until I see it. So I need to know that I know. God bless you. I see that. Anybody else? You're not sure. You want to be sure. So just pray in your heart with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I give you my life. I believe in my heart that you're life of the dead. And I thank you for the resurrected Christ. And I receive you now into my life. And I receive Jesus as my Lord and my King. And I know my life from this day on will be changed forever. In the name of Jesus.